Hello and welcome back. We are the Five at the Back podcast, back with another weekly episode. We hope you're all ready, hope you're good, hope you're happy. Uh, we're going to be bringing you an absolute banger as always. And today we're going to be speaking about academies from all around the world. Um, you may have seen some promotion on our Instas and our Twitter and stuff. If you haven't, please go and follow at Five at the Back Pod. Um, but yeah, uh, it's going to be all about academies, um, different players, different academies from around the world, where they are now, and just kind of a little bit of a little bit of an educational one. Um, so it should be good. God, your voice is sexy. Thank you Sometimes very much. <laughs> <laughs> I am joined to my left with Mr. Morgan. Good afternoon. Hello. With Liam Williams. Hello. And Mr. Benji on the deck. Good afternoon, everybody. Oh, it's going to be a good one, I believe. Uh, said Mr. Morgan has a game for us to start. I do. We're going to open with Around the Table. Um, this is specifically tailored to the topic of today's podcast, which is, of course, academies. Um, so, starting with Liam, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to name, throughout history, Ooh. Manchester United Academy graduates. Oh, just anyone? Just anyone? Yes. Okay. So this might this could, take this a little while. while. This might go either way. I, I mean, I, um, uh, I'm imagining we're going to get some rogue names for Liam. Not to put you on the spot, but I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if you throw in a, I don't know, a rogue one. But uh, I'm going to let you start. Possibon. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Bon. What's, what's that? Possibon. Rodrigo Possibon. <laughs> Rodrigo on, mate. Possibon. Rodrigo Italian Possibon. Oh, uh, yeah. Italian sentiment. Uh, Retired now. Oh, oh right. Uh, have a good career, did he? Or? <laughs> Annoyingly, Liam, he's not even on my list. So <laughs> I'm going to need to clarify this on an out, from an outside source. Yeah, go for it. What's his, how do you spell that? Sorry? Possibon. P-O-S-E. Bon. Liam, you're such an arsehole. P-O-S-E. He had little Afro played in 07 08. I mean, you are correct. Um, <laughs> He's not from Man United's Youth Academy. He's not? <laughs> oh, no. Why did we sign him? <laughs> yeah, from International. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to give you one more chance. Okay, sorry, I was trying to be clever. Okay. Yeah. So do you want to go a little bit more basic than that? Yeah. Ryan Giggs. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you spell that? That's a G-R-P. We're talking about Man United or Man City, yeah? They come through. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Wilson. That was at City, actually. So. Right, you've named about eight people now. Can we, we, yeah, go on. One of them is possible. <laughs> 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 we just didn't come from the club. Uh, I'm going to go David Beckham. Good shout. And uh, that's correct. Yeah. I will go for Gary Neville. We're going to be here a while. I just didn't realise <laughs> it. Uh, yes, yeah. Danny Drinkwater. Ooh. Oh. Correct. Did he come from international? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Gibson. Ooh. <sighs> Darren Gibson. Correct, yeah. Uh, Phil Neville. Yes. You won't even Started nice and safe here. <laughs> <laughs> it was all I've got, boys. Don't take any more, believe. Paul Skulls. Oh, fuck. Paul Skulls. Are you sure? Yeah, he's there. Paddy McNair. Oh. oh. Nice. Paddy McNair is on the list. Um, Nicky Butt. <laughs> oh, yes. Love Nicky Butt. He is there. We'll go for... Joshua King. Yes. Ooh. A little Norwegian. He is Norwegian. Uh, I'm going to go for John O'Shea. John O'Shea. Yes. He's on the list. <laughs> I will go for Marcus Rashford. Nice. Yes. I can't really for Michael Keane. 
Oh, what a player. Said no one ever. Uh, well, well, well. Oh, yeah? That? He's there. Sorry. James Garner. Oh, oh. <coughs> nice. nice. Uh, why can't I see his name on the list? He, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah we, right. We, we know sure what. But this must be double checked. Like. He's not on my list. Then this this must be yeah, terrifying. Notoriously questionable. We're not having a Joe Cole incident here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just got James Garner, the uh, the actor who was in westerns. It's not the one I want. Uh, no, it is the one you want. Sorry, you made my job very difficult. Yes, sorry. Yes, yeah. Academy I can, I can We should probably <laughs> pick the tempo yeah. of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Was his name Wilkeen, the striker? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Michael Wilkeen, Wilkeen, Ooh, yeah. nice. Is he the brother? Yeah. I don't know. I'll go uh, Corey Evans, Johnny <laughs> Evans' brother. Oh, again, you're going outside the parameters of the list. But he is Johnny actually, Evans no, he's on there. Corey Evans is on no, there. No, you can't have two. Don't that. get disqualified. You don't um, do that Scott McTominay. Oh, nice. Yes. No. Johnny Evans. Yes. Uh, I'll go James Wilson. Yes. Wes Brown. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, that did move quick. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Um, I can hear the listeners like screaming names yeah, through, the, yeah. <laughs> through the mic. I, um, Five seconds until ten seconds. Struggling to think of one. You're on a ten second counter. I don't think he was, but Dean Henderson? Oh. Was he? I mean, what are we counting yes. as the academy? Oh, okay. He was uh, there, how yeah. long do they have to be there in the academy? They just have to graduate from academy to Oh, first wait, team. I've got a few oh, more. Oh, that's right now. Yeah. Uh, Richie Delat. What a player. Oh, what a player. Of last week's guest, the football. <laughs> <laughs> For goodness sake. Not on the list. But he is. Well, he's, I didn't see him, okay? Wait, wait Richie Delat. Yeah. Yes, like sorry, I thought you said Delap. Oh. No. Um, Rory. Federico Makeda. I thought they bought him. I thought you bought But him. did he... He come he through. From he, was in, he, he was in the academy. Oh, if that... That uh, yes, come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can say Paul Pogba then. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. I'll, t- I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So you've gone Pogba. Oh, I will shit. go. <laughs> Adnan Yanazai. Yes. This is very long. I didn't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Should we add a three-second count in now? Ooh. So after I say this that name, uh, Ravel Morrison. Yes. Ooh, nice. oh, shoot. 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 Three. Two. No. Three seconds. I'm out. Three. Oh no. Tom. Three. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Three. Ch- Two. It's not me. No. Ch- Charlie Savage. Yes. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Nice. Um, Zidane Iqbal. Two. Yes. Three. Oh, it's me. Um, two. We'll go Tyler Blackett. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It's three. Axel Tanzebe. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me check it. Because I think yes, did, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Titi Chong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three. Jesse Lingard. Yes. Good shout. I really don't want to say his name. To Mason Greenwood. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Told yourself. Uh, Adnan Yanazai. Yeah. No. Said wait. Said it. Said. It's been said. Oh, Liam to win. to win the game. Three. Oh, I need to name someone. Two. We'll go with one. Dan Fletcher. Oh, oh. Wait a minute. Yeah, he's on there. Well Fuck. done. I mean, I gave him a good run. I gave him a good run. What about Borthwick and Jackson? Oh, Cameron. Did, oh, jeez. Did he see me? Borthwick Jackson. He was like Trent before Trent, wasn't he? Borthwick Jackson. Attacking fullback. Number 43 for us. Yeah. Oh, what a play. All right, then. Yeah. Calm yourself down. Did, right. you have, did you have the shirt, do you? Yeah. 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 Signed shirt. Um, uh, Pomelon. Right then, people. Let's I believe started. it's time to get on to the academies. Um, do it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very much looking forward to be taught a thing or two about uh, some of the academies. You, if you've, like Jordan said, if you've seen our um, Instagram post about it, you might have a little bit of an idea of the academies we're going to be 
talking about and covering. Um, but yeah, these are basically academies that have sort of, I think, in some ways, altered the landscape of football um, mm. with sort of the players and the methods and the philosophies that they that they adopt, and that sort of filtered upwards into the senior teams um, and sort of changed styles and influenced coaches all around the world. And I think no academy has probably done that more um, than Ajax, yeah. potentially. So, Liam, yes. do you want to take it away? Oh, I will indeed. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Yes. Um, so, obviously, there are academies. Just as I start, if I butcher any Dutch pronunciations... You're yeah, more that's than forgiven. probably going to happen. <laughs> You're more than forgiven. <laughs> you'll be right. uh, yeah. But uh, their academy is called the Tugumst, which <laughs> means the future, mm, uh, which was founded in 1900, actually. And uh, obviously it's been based on total football. And uh, a little fact on total football I want to put in. I think Tommy will uh, appreciate this. Uh-oh. <laughs> where do you think total football started? England. It was actually. It was but England. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> like I'm Reading. Green Street. <laughs> Reading. It was not Reading. Berkshire, was it? It was actually Burnley. Oof. It was. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. What's his name? Jimmy Hogan. There Jimmy we are. Hogan. Come to me. And he was part of the Austrian team that were considered the first team to play total football, which were nicknamed the Wunder Team. The Wunder Team? Wunder Team. What year was that? Uh, 1930s. That is mad. That is considering the yeah affiliation you have with like the Dutch team. Oh, football comes full circle now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 1930s, and uh, then the first person to introduce total football to Ajax was another Englishman, which was Jack Reynolds in the 1940s, and then Vic Buckingham, uh, who was a manager of West Brom, Ajax, and Barcelona. (laughs) Which I just West Brom, Barcelona, Ajax, bit of a. Oh, some manager some agent good career in the 50s and 60s and then uh, obviously a lot of people know about uh, Rannis Mikkels who introduced Cruyff and gave him his debut and then Mikkels and Cruyff obviously developed what we know to be the Ajax Academy now and mm-hmm. total football um, but I kind of touched on uh, when I was researching about how Ajax lately have changed their system a bit more to inc- um, go from a uh, what was it, a kingdom coaching role, uh, which is in the academy. It used to be there'd be academy coach for every year because um, I think that their youngest is six uh, that they start looking at for academies. And um, now they've gone for like a set of people to do the whole academy um, so that they're familiar from the age of six to them to when they get about to With all the same coaches? With all the same coaches. Oh, that's and, um, interesting. Development coaches and t- even teachers. And uh, they've set up a school that was, the building was just finished in 2015. And um, it was Steve Lawrence, I believe, did an article um, online who was actually worked as a consultant with Ajax and their development on the academy. And uh, basically that is the school, the Tuckupst, which is the school of the future. And uh, their, their main aim now is based on the Montessori philosophy, which is where kids learn at the same, uh, trying to get kids to learn at the same pace, but understand obviously that's not always possible. Mm. But if you can have uh, experts in that field to try and develop them at the same pace, that's basically what they, they, uh, the principles they follow. And uh, one thing I found really interesting is um, they put a lot of emphasis on cooking and nutrition from an early age. Ooh, so they, look, like they teach lot. them to cook um, and obviously introduce them and in what they need to put in their body. Mm. Um, 
<coughs> and stuff like that. But in that kitchen area where they eat, I, I quite like it in that building. You can over on one side, you can oversee the first team training, and then the other is the Owen Creef Arena. Creef Arena. So like it's I like that because it's you imagine like at the age of ten or something mm. at Ajax Academy, and you're watching the first team play, and then you've also got the view. With the um, and well. that's obviously, I think, I'm going to talk about uh, La Masia later, but I know Barca did a similar thing initially before they had to move the uh, the training complex. Um, but also the style of football uh, that they look for and how they um, train the academy up is they do on a TIPS model, which stands for technique, insight, personality and speed. Ooh. And then for each section, they have like different criteria that they have to mark them on throughout uh, the progress. And uh, it was on the Ajax website, actually, on their academy, saying that each academy graduate, um, as they get through, gets like given a passport as such. And then they will get marked on the TIPS model as oh, they progress sure. to see, um, obviously, that's how, yeah, that's how they develop and who gets through and who doesn't. And I think it's called the talent bargain. Before you get given a contract, you have to go through a set of trials um, to, to get a contract. I think that's quite... I, I do think that's obviously... I think that's quite a common like method with academies mm. obviously having a bit like in any like in schools and stuff as well having mm. some sort of like grading system to, yeah. to keep you that's keep really progress cool, but yeah. I think that's really cool and having like the personality side of it as well mm. Mm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I really like the point you make about the kitchen and the nutrition because um, I, th- I feel like that's something that a lot of kids don't like kids aren't taught nutrition at all mm. really are they um, in schools and things like that and especially if you're going to take kids out of school mm. for the amount of time that being in an academy me, like yeah. being in an academy requires where they'll, they'll, kids will get day release and they'll get, you know, there has to be travelling and kind of the more they go up, up, the less and less they're able yeah. to be in school. It makes it more and more important that an academy becomes an school all-round yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. place of education as well and that they put emphasis on that. So mm. that's what um, that's really cool. That's what we were talking about yesterday. Um, yeah. Just talk, like It will probably come up later again, um, the kind of emphasis that academies are taking now on <coughs> the education side and... and, and, and being more than just a football team and more than just like a football progression kind of thing. Because um, I was saying to Liam uh, yesterday, I was like, I know a lot of people personally and you hear loads of stories. Like you play academy football from you're like 11, 12, play all the way up to like the 18s or 23, don't get a pro contract and kind of leave and kind of go like, well, what do I do now? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's no qualifications there. There's no like basic education from schooling. Um, so it's kind of like, it's football or nothing, and, and considering how very, very few people make it f- all the way through academy stages, I think it's definitely important. And, and what we're seeing a lot of now is to make sure that these players that, say, get an injury or aren't quite at that level to, to, to make it into the first team or something like that, are given these basic skills so they can leave and, and, and do something else. As well, well, it is like it, it's the most difficult age, like, let's say between the t- ages of 10 and 16, which mm-hmm. is where mm-hmm. kids probably will be sold that dream the most mm-hmm. in terms of like you're going to make it pro is it's the most difficult age to keep kids disciplined yeah. and once an idea is in someone's head at that age like you, you, we, I'm sure we all know kids that played played academies when when, when they were younger yeah. or been in and around that mm. and like they they it becomes like it's the coolest thing ever, isn't it? Like you're the, you're the cock of the walk in school to be that be that kid Coming that's going on day release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, or like played against you know <coughs> Palace at the weekend, or got trial. You know, it's that it becomes that thing that is almost your whole identity kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that like it, obviously what Trent has recently done, the yes. the scheme that he yeah, set yeah, up, yeah, I think yeah. is really important, and it, it's actually kind of 
shocking to me that nothing like that has been done before by by a player yeah, that this yeah. is the first of its well maybe not the first of its kind but the first high profile of its kind so I think it's really inco- I think Ajax sort of embody mm. those principles and kind mm-hmm. of um, do you want to sort of talk a little bit more about the style of play and total yeah. football itself because I feel like people have a very uh, well, broad the, idea of what it is because I think a lot of people obviously because of um, I think how Guardiola's changed it a little bit I think a lot of people think total football now is just about pressing, passing and um, tiki-taka and movement but a lot of originally total football is that you can play anywhere and that's mm-hmm. what they tried to teach at Ajax um, but in a 4-3-3 system all the way through from the age of six to the first team and they also try and fast track um, academy players straight to the first team as soon as possible so they can uh, get patterns of play f- straight away mm-hmm. and um, yeah it's pretty much total football I think van der Beek at Ajax was a very much a perfect example of that is he could play false nine he could play right wing or left wing or he could play centre mid and sometimes he played hold the midfield or you've got uh, Frank de Jong at Barcelona who sometimes plays centre back for them or mm, hold the midfield mm, or even does. an eight so what a boy by the way that they're two perfect examples I think that. yeah or even like Ten Hag at Ajax before he left for Man United would switch players around because Martinez would play hold the midfield sometimes or centre back or Timber like full back as well, Timber who's still at Ajax would play midfield his Timber right. is Timber come right through the academy as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Timber's come right through yeah so I think he's a pretty perfect example in terms of just like it's players that are all of very similar profile mm-hmm. and very similar quality yeah. but playing in different positions kind Literally, of thing yeah. Um, yeah. but can all do the basic print like those the basic principles. principles to a ridiculously high level mm-hmm. um, and so it, uh, do you sort of have any other are there any other sort of academy graduates in the yeah, side at the give, minute that maybe well, obviously like, yeah, think, give us some you props think, you think back you've obviously got Seydorf Burkamp oh deep mm. Overmars came through Ajax. I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. Um, Van Basten, Kluivert, Wesley Schneider, crazy, crazy, crazy. Christian Christian Eriksen, which was interesting because uh, I was reading because normally Ajax try not to obviously sign players, but Eriksen obviously from Denmark, he was Mm -hmm. a little bit out of their 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 realm where they normally scout. Mm -hmm. But they said if they see an Ajax player as such, they get him. They will. Obviously, step out of their principles slightly, yeah. and to pay a little bit extra money to get him in the academy. Yeah, but, yeah. Take a trip, which is a rarity. To, but take a trip down to Wavertree, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's really in, like, I think what makes Ajax interesting as well is because they play in a league that's not one of the top five leagues. Mm-hmm. So it kind of I think what what will become a theme apart from perhaps maybe uh, Barcelona and Arsenal when we talk about them is this idea that like a lot of the time these academies are production chains it's a talent factory factory and they're always creating these players with a view to move them on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i think that's always a really interesting balance um because obviously no player realistically at the minute is going to want to come through the ix academy get into the first team and then stay there kind of thing so i think it is a lot more about that's where it comes back to that point of like how the academies influence mm. football more generally because it's the it's the kind of it's their products going out and still playing the Ajax way in mm-hmm. these other teams. Um, and that's I think why it was so nice to see Ajax is running the Champions League a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, hundred percent. It was hundred percent. It seemed like um, like the spine uh, was all academy products. Yeah, yeah. So, was, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you got the lit. Van Apart from yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, 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 did uh, Dally, is Dally Blind Ajax? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I think the only one like. Dion Big performer was, was 
was Tadic? Tadic won Ajax, wasn't no. he? No, no, no. But Tadic was that kind of like, yeah, you know, he was old that, head coming yeah, in and yeah. kind of joined all the youth mm-hmm. players together and yeah. Yeah. see how that, that was, was working it. really well. Yeah. As like a I really captain. like that Ajax team. Which I think, because Ten Hag was part of that team, I think that was a bit of a Guardiola influence on him. Because he was under Guardiola at Munich, wasn't he? At Munich, because um, ah. yeah. Guardiola often liked, especially at Barcelona, when he was a Barcelona B coach, uh, as he was training young players, he wanted a couple of experienced players to come down. Yeah, yeah, and I, help always, them out. I always like that. I also want to point out with like, I, I'm not actually sure if he was an academy product, but to have Anana in goal, just like a young black goalkeeper. I think, I he, think, was. He, I was, think he was because that's they've started searching um, in other other rounds. I just think that's so important yeah. just because we don't see enough of it yeah. um, in the, in today's no, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Obviously, he had his own trouble for a little while. Um, I can't remember. Where is he now? Inter. 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 Yeah, and he's, played, and he's, he's been fantastic. He's a top goalkeeper. But again, I, I think actually I saw a tweet about Onana the other day saying that he effectively plays as a third centre-back in, in build-up. build-up. Yeah, yeah. And that again it's comes good. back to that Ajax idea. Yeah, yeah. And that's that why even he, the keeper can mm. can be that guy and be that yeah. person that, that, that helps in the build-up. I'm quite glad that Ajax has always had that um, sort of range of players race-wise. Even Going back to someone like Seydorf because um, I think it's very influential to yeah. the next generation, which I'm going to go into with my own, my own stuff with Arsenal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. I, th- I think, I, think I, I may be slightly, um, not wrong, but slightly uneducated, but obviously there's a huge link between Dutch players that are from originally Suriname, which is a little country. Right. So a lot of... Um, Descendants from Suriname end up playing for the Dutch team. Is that, there, there's a story? There's a story, isn't there? Yeah, about, um, yeah, is it Hullet and so Hullet? Rijkaard potentially. Rijkaard was yeah. so a lot. E- even a lot of like the black players you see for Holland today um, are like descendants or, or like parents or grandparents or stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure Ajax were one of the first <coughs> to really kind of start that movement of 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 being. I don't even know the word, but but kind of starting this movement of of allowing these people to have the, the opportunities. The opportunities, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that's <laughs> another thing that will be a theme as we, as we go through is the sort of is academies. I do feel need to work together, and there needs to be links because at the end of the day, like as much as it is competitive, football at the top level becomes competitive. Mm. You're all working towards the same goal of bettering the global game mm. and creating these talent, mm-hmm. the, the, these products, and the, you know. Um, and I think that is some, definitely something we'll come into is links between links between big clubs and like lesser known parts of the world oh, oh, that yeah, then yeah, begin yeah, to yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. you know mm. begin to create these pathways that takes people from you know you, like you look at some of the greatest stories that have come from you know around the world kid, kids coming from very poor backgrounds in South America in mm-hmm. Africa in you know all, all sorts of parts of the world and being given that within six months a year, mm-hmm. suddenly being you know Glo- under the spotlight in Europe, or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the function that academies and scouting and you know these these pathways and sort of projects provide. And I think that is a really it's a really nice like it, it creates some brilliant stories, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah, little foreshadowing to an episode that we may have coming out quite soon. Yeah, yeah. indeed, a little <laughs> indeed. one there. Um, yeah, well, who who should we move on to next? Because I think natural progression. Go what big, we feeling biggest most? Next, I think we go Mr. Morgan, the biggest. Yes. Next. Yeah. yeah. I, I had the on to pleasure of covering Arsenal's Hale End Academy. Um, weirdly, a club that I've appreciated a little bit more recently. I think the way they set up, I've always quite liked. And when I compare it to my own club, I can see that I think we're a little bit far behind. For those that don't know, I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, 
so yeah, I, I was quite interested to read up on a lot of the kind of the structure of the academy. A lot of this is not going to be about um, like team play. A lot of this is going to be about the individuals that are involved. So just to kind of like list off a few names of companies academy, as you already know, Bakaya Saka, Mill Smith-Rowe, Tony Adams, Ray Parler, Michael Thomas, Francis Fabregas, Jack Wilshere and Ashley Cole, right, just to name a few. But what I see from all those players is there's a similar trait within all of them that has all come from this academy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start at around like the 70s and 80s because this is kind of where really the academy products, it became synonymous with the club's success. And I think this is why they've always had that close relationship with their academy that other clubs maybe in the UK haven't had. So around 1988, Arsenal went about 18 years without a league title. And the manager was just like, you know, we need fresh faces, new people to come in. So he handed out 18 debuts that year, nine of which from the academy. Sorry, um, who was the manager? Was it uh, George Graham? I think it was George I Graham. Think it may have been um, And these kind of academy <coughs> products that came through were pivotal for them making their first push for that title. Um, so, I, I mean, <coughs> as I mentioned just earlier, Michael Thomas is probably one of the most notable because he scored the winning goal for them to win the league title. Um, and another name in there was Tony Adams, who was 22 at the time. And then you had David, David O'Leary. Uh, you might recognise the name. He Leeds was a manager. Ma- Leeds manager. He was. Premier League years, <laughs> legend. Uh, another academy graduate that graduated around 1975, 722 appearances. So, I mean, this was kind of his, like, um, maybe a bit, a bit of the heyday of his career, but this yeah. was the chance for him to then influence this, this new wave of talent. So, like... Guys like Michael Thomas and David Rocast were especially, um, was so important to them at that point for two reasons. One, of course, for their individual quality. And two, because it was a big time for black players in England coming through. So you had kind of John Barnes. And I mean, I imagine there was a few other players, but obviously that's the most notable that we know. But then to have these two come in, I think was so important to mm. the way that the culture started to shift um, generally in the country pivotally in, in London and obviously most importantly um, at Arsenal um, sadly with David Rocastle as well he, I don't know if you know but he passed away at 33 um, I only actually found that out today as I was reading up on him mm. um, and Arsene Wenger was a big fan of his for a while and said he's one of the most skillful midfielders and a lot of what he did he, he wanted to teach the next generation of players and they have what's it called the David Rocastle Indoor Centre of the Academy so like mm-hmm. the name kind of sticks around in that club and I think that's I think that's incredible I think it's so important to have that um, especially with the new crop of talent that, I, that is there um, but even after that they won a league title in 88 and then 91 and a lot of that like I just said was academy so like I said Tony Adams was there for so long and was that not was it 91 that was the Michael Thomas goal at Anfield? No. So Michael Thomas was 1988. I yeah. think I can't I should have I should know this. I, I can't remember who it was against. It was against Liverpool. It was at Anfield. One of the most famous goals in the, the second one's Alan Smith. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. yeah. So um <coughs> it's interesting because like a guy like Tony Adams was coming through who ended up being one of the best defenders they ever had. And I think that influence of having those youth players around him as well as well as someone like David O'Leary next to him in his ear, also an academy graduate. It was so important for that team to start creating a personality. And then you had guys like Paul Merson and Ray Parler come in. And I think they're quite like underrated football players in, in their own right. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the kind of thing where I'm finding similar- similarities because 
they're all quite selfish players, but also quite humble in understanding their role. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So for when they had the ball, it was very much about them and what they could do. But obviously they understood to work as a team and win trophies, they had to give some of that up as well. So like a lot of, I don't know, Paul Merson highlights or Ray Parlow is a very much like individual talent, like a lot of good goals they'll score. And I think that translated through the academy as it went on. So, I mean, as it pushes into like the early 2000s, I think Arsenal's direction took away from their academy because Wenger wanted to bring in guys like Vieira. Naturally, so, naturally. Yeah. So he signed Vieira at like 20 and then Henri is about 22. Campbell was in his mid-20s. Bergkamp was in his mid-20s. So that, that kind of shifted. So then the cream of the crop could really play for Arsenal from the academy, which still produced Ashley Cole and, and Fabregas. But again, with these products, it's very similar to what I just said about Merson and Parler, was they're quite selfish players. Whereas you, they really knew how to kind of show their self-confidence and then project their ability. Um, which then goes a little bit further on to players like Jack Wilshire, um, where although it didn't really work out for him, um, you could see the, the talent there and the oh, self-confidence absolutely. and almost the leadership. And that's another another big word I'll, I'll come into in a bit. But like, I think that aspect of their game was like a bit of a blessing and a curse for Arsenal in the way that it was so good that when they were for Arsenal, but because they were so selfish, other clubs were so quick to come onto them. So when Arsenal did drop off, which they eventually did, they lost so much talent. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, some other players, I don't know if you might need to help me out here, like that came through at Arsenal and then left. I mean, there was, there was quite a few at the time, even if we're looking at someone like Robin Van Persie, although not uh, exclusively an Arsenal product, he was, you know, taught the Arsenal way, but then left. The same way that Clichy left, exactly. that Cole left quite yeah. exclusively and then Fabregas went, uh, but because they were so good at being individuals that... It attracted well, I, I think even now moving like moving towards the modern era as well, you are still seeing that pattern in terms of like you have all these players like 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 Reese Nelson for instance, and these guys that are coming through who are like except like I don't think any academy in England like necessarily ha- has as much hype around it as when you'll see like you know like like ba- like Balogun, uh, mm. Pom, I think came through, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, is Newcastle, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. all these guys who are coming through, and it's like you, nobody talks about any other clubs' products quite like they talk about Arsenal products. Mm. Like if a guy's doing well at Arsenal and yeah. at Hale Ends, people are excited about him, hmm. and I think it shows that like even though it's Reese Nelson, it's never quite worked out for him in Arsenal's first team yet. He went away. He's been on a lot of loans. He's kind of, you know, been a bit, been away and had other experiences, but he's still so. You can see Spoke it's that individual, like that goal that he scored earlier on in the season. I mm. think you're so right. That self confidence and that self belief that he's not a big part of that team. Yeah, but he's still come in and made a big impact. Mm-hmm in the small moments and you can tell he's got that, that, that last minute goal I can't remember who it was that he scored against but it's an unbelievable remember, yeah. finish and yeah. he'd only been on the pitch like a, a matter of minutes mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. and do that and I, I do think that speaks a lot to that and you're right with like people like Parler and Merson like they are underrated because they were they were quality players yeah. and they were bold Merson especially they were bold footballers I think that's a really good word yeah. and I think you put it better than I wanted to put it because they were taught to be bold Yeah, I think even when you look at someone like Saka, who is quite a humble guy, you can tell. Um, but you can see when he gets on the incredible on the self confidence. There's a selfishness in a yeah, good way um, yeah. where he'll lead, and that's the important thing. Is they build leaders in a really kind of efficient way, where you've just got to take it, you know, take it in your own stride. 
like David, o like go back all the way to David O'Leary, um, who was an incredible leader for that team, all the way to Thomas and Rucastle, all the way through to Adams, Parler, Merson, Fabregas, like we could go on, right? But they're all similar in the sense that they're quite, I would personally say quite humble people, very kind of selfish on the ball, very self-confident and can be leaders when they need to be. I, I think the point you make about Saka is really interesting because I, I agree. I think there's such a sort of, there's almost a split of how Saka is viewed. Because if you remember, like in the Euros and the World Cup, well, this, little, little cutie, this cute little, you know, yeah. the little chili and all this kind of thing. And <laughs> this, you know, the picture of him on the unicorn and oh, all this stuff, you know. Yeah. And I do think it's quite reductive extremely reductive for how like okay we get they're trying to build a whole environment in England about in the England set up about this togetherness kind of thing but it's so reductive to the the like the arrogance that Saka has and that is a good quality in at the top level in football well not arrogance self-confidence self hmm. and the like you say the the bold the boldness that he has when he runs at people he tries things he's gone into that Arsenal team when they were in the, they the in absolute the trenches. Horrors, yeah. He was playing left out in the back. Europa League. He was playing left <laughs> wing back. He was playing left back in the Europa League, <laughs> where in what was it, number seventy seven yeah. or whatever, oh, whatever yeah, number right, it was, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he was and he was making yeah. difference. He, he was making the difference. And to see him come through mm -hmm. and go from being this small little shining light in the pile of shit that was Arsenal four or five seasons ago, to then now be probably in the top three right wingers in the world yeah, yeah. be one of the faces of the Premier League <coughs> the face of New Balance this mm -hmm. absolute heart you know heart throb that's, <laughs> heart that's throb. a complete right the word. but the, the, the face of English football he yeah. is one of the faces of he English football of, you know of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I you know I, I do think that does speak a lot to it's, it is similar to Wilshire mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. this sort of this rise and the, uh, yeah, I, I agree, Tom. I think that's a really good point that you make, and I think that's mm. why I've always had a lot of respect for Arsenal as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to just to kind of sum it up, I think um, the club kind of noticed that in the early tens, the academy products were dropped off a little bit. Maybe not as much as other clubs, but for them, it wasn't as satisfactory as they wanted it to be. So in 2016, they redeveloped the Hale End. Um, you know, the, the academy facilities and really put a focus on it. Um, more recently, Per Matasak has come in as yes. the head of yeah, head of yeah. kind of like the academy and you can notice that like, <coughs> the way he set it up is really really like helping players develop better he's set up four pillars um to be a lifelong learner most efficient mover a champion mentality and an effective team player which i think is just embodies all these players that i've just discussed with you i think um i think he really captures what Arsenal being able to develop in and the past I, I think again to so link that back to Ajax because again I do think it's important to kind of link academies do all serve the same mm -hmm. even though they might do it in different ways they do all serve the same purpose at the end of the day and with Ajax like you said the, tip, the tips thing with Ajax yeah. having those principles having those core values that you instill within players mm -hmm. I think is what makes a good academy is when you come into X Academy when you come into La Masia when you come into Hayland when you come into you know Ajax's academy what are you? What are we? What are you gonna learn? Mm. What are you gonna become as a as a person and a footballer? I think they're that's what the best academies do. Yeah. Is they have a really strong idea of what that is, and they don't they don't waver from that. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think that's that, that's why Arsenal are I think one of the best academies in the world. I'd say so. Yeah, um, yeah I think they. Kind and of I don't think maybe get talked about enough. No, maybe not. because it's not as sexy as. La Masia or you know mm. but Hale End has constantly been uh, a, a 
strong talent factory I'd, yeah I'd, of, of good people yeah and very good players as I well I think it's less kind of um, tactically based the kind of the, the the stuff that comes out of that academy it's quite clearly an individual um, taught thing I think in my opinion from but what I've seen like, so. Jordan you grew up in London do you think that because they take from London, this is what that was, plays into it a lot as what well. I was, what I was about to say, because London is obviously just a, a an absolute sort of melting pot of incredible talent, talent yeah. but a fiercely competitive one too. Yeah, um, I was, I was going to say this. Um, obviously, it's quite annoying to say as a Tottenham fan, um, but the one thing I've always liked and admired about Arsenal is <coughs> is that community aspect, and it does mm. feel like like definitely growing up it always felt like like you, you speak to people that are bouncing around academies and and, and want to play for different academies and i played with this guy and he played with this guy da, 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 da. but it always felt like arsenal was kind of like the peak of of academy ballers back when we was back when we was young and, and i feel like what they're very very good at is is as you say not only just taking from the academy but giving uh taking from the community sorry but giving back to it as well and i feel like that adds to the whole I, I think the, the the best point to say about them is the contrast between them and Chelsea. Mm. Chelsea, I'd probably say more successful as in player for player. Um, and I think they're under twenty, like all got like that that cop, uh, the, the thing that they had from that ended up winning the Champions League. Say like Loftus Cheeks, yeah. Abraham, Tamoris, yeah. and stuff like that are probably individually more successful and potentially more graduates that that reached a higher level. But it always felt like that was purely football production. Whereas Arsenal was, was it seems like you, you play for Arsenal, like you're in the Arsenal Academy, you want to get through, you want to play for them and, and you want to give something And that's part them. of you for life. And, that, and that's part of it. Whereas, Whereas I feel Chelsea's quite Chelsea's disposable. Very, very disposable and, and very businessy. As yeah. in, you come through the Academy, okay, we're going to loan you out to here, we're going to loan you to Vitesse, we're going to take you yeah. to da, 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 and then we're going to sell you on. Whereas Arsenal... If, if we can get 20, 30 million for yeah, you, yeah, yeah, we yeah, will. Yeah. Yeah. Where, whereas Arsenal always felt like as I say, not only not only are they producing really, really like some some of the some of the names that Tom Tom said, and I, th- I think the best thing about the best way to explain their giving back to the community was kind of the um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the recent 3G pitch they opened, uh, Rocky and Righty pitch, yeah, 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 um, mm. which is by Ian. I think it's I don't know which way around it is. It's either by Wright School and looks over um, Rock Castle's old estate, or the other way around, or something like that. And, it cool. kind of, and for me, it's kind of just like they're probably the closest knit community as a, as a team and probably the best representation of what London is both socially, um, culturally, but, but obviously footballing as well. Um, I think that's a, that's a perfect description. Yeah. And like it's so in, so in simple terms for kids that are then growing up around there, mm, 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 they're gonna they're not they're not gonna straight away know who Ian Wright and and, and David Rocastle are. But if they're going and playing on that pitch, that's what it they're is. then that's what it is. they're yeah. then immersing themselves yeah. in that yeah, and yeah, they'll yeah. Be- become familiar with those names and they'll go away and they'll they'll ask their parents who you know who's, who's Ian Wright, yeah, who's yeah, David yeah, Rocastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when you start to build that kind of generational thing where That's what it is. And and, and I, know, I think they've always been really, really good at doing that and, and, and making them very much like annoyingly they are like, I've always seen them as the team in London yeah. both, both mm. like yeah. domestically um, obviously they never won a European Cup but I'm not really speaking about that I'm, I'm just saying they always seem yeah, like to get a little digging. <laughs> just a little one <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no I, I think they've always been seen as the club in London um, and I, I think 
their academy and their production and their affiliations with London um, have always been have always been really um really strong there. Yeah. Well, I think that's very big and very brave of you, Jordan. Thank you. That's a top <laughs> Thank plan you, to, to speak about your Thank your you. rivals like that. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. Do you want to move on away from Tottenham? I would love <laughs> uh, to. Sorry, away from London. <laughs> North away London from the, specifically. The pace of get out of London right? calls you. <laughs> yes. Um, and take a little trip down uh, south. Ooh. To is Lisbon, a little is trip, a little trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, nice, nice, funny, nice brisk walk to Lisbon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take my bike one day. <laughs> Had a pedalo. Uh. <laughs> so I think with with the club we're about to talk about, this yeah. now comes a lot more to the financial side. This of is what I was about to academy say. Academy production. Yes. So would you like to? So I, I've that? taken this on a little bit of a different route. Um, I, I feel I'm a little bit removed. Um, from Benfica culture personally um, but I wanted to see it more as a football production less as a um, as I say a cultural and kind of personal thing um, so I done a little bit of research on Benfica's academy of course Benfica very very successful in Eusebio times um, obviously not as much now and I, I think that kind of touches on the point we spoke about earlier where it is um, a lot of these clubs have become this kind of production line for the bigger clubs. And I feel like it's only really naturally followed with, with the money in football because you look back how many years and you've got teams like Ajax dominating Europe and, 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 and different teams that are now very small. But um, there's obviously where there's much more money, say, in the Premier League and stuff, it's more of a... like as you say, who would really want to have the whole career in Ajax when they can get a £60 million move to, to wherever. Um, but yeah, um, so Benfica are, are quite well known to be the most profitable. Um, I think they, in 2023, had a valuation of around a billion pounds in their academy. Um, Jesus. I, d I don't quite know how they, I think that's facilities, I think that's player growth, player worth and all stuff like that. Um, but they just from academy sales alone since 2015 earned 370 million in profit um which is quite interesting uh, obviously some recent graduates you've got the likes of I, I thought it was really cool that the city team that we're seeing now one of the best teams in europe history really um you've got edison uh bernardo silva and ruben diaz all mm. come through the academy obviously felix yeah that's lovely yeah, a nice little. Um, we spoke about like the spine of um, Ajax. Obviously, Diaz isn't as prominent as as maybe the other two, um, but that's just Pep being Pep, really. Um, but I yeah, think, I think to City fans, he certainly. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the league last year, definitely now, but but obviously, Pep's changing his system every week. So it's, it's, but I, it's I think what's nice with Diaz as well is like that he he kind of is almost as much as he he is, he is good on the ball. He's, he's kind a of, bit of an old the antithesis <laughs> yeah, to what a Man City yeah, yeah, centre back yeah. is, where he will throw himself, yeah, like, yeah, throw yeah, himself yeah. on the line, and yeah. yeah. Um, and and we're talking about like pillars and, and and different kind of things that academies look for. The fourth pillars of Benfica was scouting, methodology, competition, and opportunity. Um, me. Uh, yeah. So that with their methodology, they every player gets an individual development plan, um, mm. and it has a pre that's formed after a pre-season assessment in July. Uh, and then there's three development cycles, uh, August to October, and then they get given a potential rating, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, it's very FIFA and football manager-esque. Um, <laughs> and then after that rating, from November to January, um, they get another cycle, then February to April, another cycle, and then it ends with another potential rating, looking at where they was and where they are, and then end of season assessment. 
um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I also thought quite an interesting thing is that we never really, uh, I guess we kind of touched on a little bit with the feeder clubs and stuff earlier, um, but a lot of these teams, I know Barcelona do, Ajax have young Ajax um, and Benfica have Benfica B. It's never something you really see in England, um, but Benfica's B team play in the second division of Portugal. So that's not only are they getting opportunities to play week in, week out at a high level, it's also against, like I feel like academy football is very, very different to professional in the sense that academy is very, very much, I want to show what I can do on an individual I'm not too bothered about the score. I'm not, yeah, but as long yeah, as my yeah. performance, say I'm playing right back, if I can lock down my man, I can get crosses, da, 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 then scouts are going to like me or coach is going to do, do, do. Whereas they're playing in a team, there's, there's something for them to, to play. Obviously, they can't get promoted and have two Benfica teams in the same league. What would happen if, I, I don't know if you know the it's, answer. It's, yeah, I don't actually know. Because it's always, I, I, think, I, they, know I they, think they just stay where they are. Yeah, I know they just B can't do it. The Segunda Division before, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. a few times. Yeah. And they, they just they, stay where they are. You just can't oh, right. do it, yeah. Oh, um, sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. Just to, just, <laughs> sorry, just to interject on that again. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. think that it's, it's a really interesting point, B teams. And my initial thought would be that the reason that it doesn't happen in England as much, because we've even seen where team with the uh, Papa John's trophy yeah and it didn't really it hasn't really taken no, off no. and I think that is because England it's something I've written about before England's England's football infrastructure is so massive mm-hmm. that right down the leagues there is quality and big setups yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think a B team of a profession of a Premier League side would survive in the Championship, or it wouldn't be beneficial to them. Whereas in in Portugal, in Holland, yeah, in Spain, yeah. there's not that same infrastructure all the way down. So yeah. the, those leagues are weaker, and yeah. it allows those teams to go in and play more at their level. Kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, you see a lot of that. Say, like <clears throat> when Lampard had Derby, and I think he got what he got Tamori Mount, and I feel like there's one more from Chelsea. Yeah, and 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 you see a lot of these these feeder things and and loaning down but I feel like with with loan moves in England especially I always find a little bit strange um you've seen Diallo now it's all it's it's quite mercenary as in it, it for me feels a little bit like academy football in the sense that I'm not too bothered about this team I don't have a connection to this team I want to do well and and, and break back into my to my home club where I feel like with the B team <coughs> they're a proper team they, they've got stuff to play for they play against other professionals it's it's so a lot of their B team, so they still have a, an 18s and 19s, a 23s, and the B team as well. So the 23s will play in like 23 leagues and stuff like that. But the B team is a direct feeder. Using, using a lot of similar players then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm not sure on like the registration stuff and who can play in, in, in what team and stuff. But I know a lot of their B team now, I'm going to throw out some names. I don't know how, I don't know how well... Uh, how often you guys play football manager but anyone listening <laughs> will recognise uh, Shirt and Door big uh, Italian centre mid huge name in the say, fo- say it again Shirt and Door Italian right. centre midfielder um, <laughs> huge, like listen if you buy that boy on on, on FM you'll win the league in a couple of seasons <laughs> um, you've got the Brazilian <laughs> centre back Morato um, again very much football manager legend and I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but the latest hyped winger from Norway. You know who they signed? Not recently. We're going to talk about. We're going to talk about him later. We are. Shell drop. Shell drop. Yes. Um, so he's currently playing for their B team. Yeah. Um, is he. He is. Yeah. 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 
plenty more. Plenty of him, him is coming up soon. Coming up, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think with, with Benfica, um, I feel like they're one of them teams that always, every now and again, you see it on Twitter, it's like, oh, imagine Benfica didn't sell their best players. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they've also, right now, I saw on a, on a website that they are uh, the highest v- market value academy right now, uh, as in per player. Um, they are currently ranked at coming in seven six hundred and seventy million euros market oh. value. Second, that, is, that is insane numbers. Anyone? Just just from their academy. Just academy value, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> but they also have one of the largest academies as well. Um, so anyone want to guess at who's number two? Coming in at six thirty. Man City. No, Man City are fifth at five ten. Um. Chelsea? Chelsea at 6.30, Barcelona at 5.81, Ajax at 5.55. And then we've got a few Brazilian teams, which I won't, I won't touch on just yet. Um, mm-hmm. What's that? What's <laughs> that then? But yeah, overall, um, big fan of Benfica. Uh, a little bit less in the kind of football culture and football kind of ID than, than other teams that we've brought up. Um, but again, as, as far as a talent factory... And, and, and player value and, and the turnovers and profits and stuff, there's not much better in the world. Um, there was a nice quote from their head of academy or head of directors, whatever he'd be called, um, basically says he's, his main goal is to get as many academy players in the first team. Um, I think right now they've got uh, Ramos that scored a hat-trick in the World Cup. They've got uh, Florentino. They've got the centre-back, I can't remember his name, um, I think they've got like five or six currently. Um, got Guedes back on loan and stuff. Hmm. Um, but that's that's his goal. Um, he wants as many as many um, players in the first team, and obviously to sell on for life. Should we? Should we? Profit. Can we, I think it'd be nice to just sort of run through as we have with the other two. Run so, through just some of their best, yeah, best I, products, kind I mean, of thing. Really. So obviously Di Maria starting. Di Maria back in the day. David Luiz. Um, Enzo Fernandez, not too long ago, uh, 100 million to Chelsea. Yao Felix as well. Uh, Darwin Nunes, most Darwin recently. Nunes. It's interesting because it feels like, again, they all have something in common where they're all kind of like, they're very flair based mm. players. All of them, mm. all have got a very special. And I think like also this connection with South, South America as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think almost scouting before scouting, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like, being able to identify, like, that, that, that's got to be a real, it's something I'm going to talk about with my team. It's got to be something that something that's so important is being able to take recognize ability in players, or at least the right fundamentals in players that they can develop from the into, earliest yeah, possible yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And I know yeah. people say, think that that's sometimes a very cynical side of academy football that you are taking these kids so young and putting all this pressure on them. But at the end of the day, that's if you happens. can see if you've got that eye and you can see it and um, you can see that that's listen. that vision for someone, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what's going to give you give you the value because you're then not paying when they've already made it, you're not paying yeah. to bring them into you. You're saying you're the one that's created Starting this player from, and, from, from and you yeah. can then name your price and that's Literally, clearly yeah. what, what yeah, Benfica yeah, yeah, have done so well. And again, similar to um, similar to what we spoke about earlier with Ajax and it it was it's really nice now to see them having success in the Champions League yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. starting to sort of imprint themselves a little bit more as a, bit more of a, a big so. presence yeah. in yeah. Europe yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. But yeah, like like you say with with Portugal, unfortunately, it's not ever going to be, well, not ever, but certainly not in the near, near future, going to be a league that players are going to stick around in. No. Um, 
So I think you will probably continue to see those trends. It's just because they can't afford to keep them at the end of the Literally, day. Isn't it? yeah, it's quite yeah. sad. Like the wages. I mean, it's like any other professional job. You, someone else is offering you triple the wage. Why for doing but like I, I, pl- I, I play with yeah. a lot of I, like so four or five of the guys in my in my futsal team. They're they're Portuguese and they support either Lisbon or or, Be- or Benfica. And I know the guys that support Benfica. Like I said earlier, it's it's a great sense of pride. They then go and follow Enzo Fernandez yeah, at, yeah, 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 at Chelsea yeah, yeah. or Di Maria wherever he goes or yeah. Darwin Nunes, like because it's their it's their it's little like, it's like their, thumb, it's their little yeah. drop, of, <laughs> yeah, 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 drop yeah. of talent in yeah, in, in yeah, world football yeah, yeah. sort of thing. So I think that's something really nice about academies as well. Is it is your DNA it's a representation kind of, being, of, of of the club? Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Um, yeah, I think that's really nice. Um, should we take a little? A little flight over yeah, to not too over far. to South yeah, yeah, South yeah. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So our final sort of team that we've and club that we've that we've researched. I had the pleasure of researching Santos, um, <laughs> one of the sort of most fabled and sort of um, storied academies and clubs, um, and obviously most famous for Pele um, and sort of bringing. I think Santos kind of embodies this whole idea of the diaspora and the kind of the having these products that then go off around the world and and put the Santos name out there. Um, and I want to start with a quote from one of the coaches. So on FIFA have done a three-part documentary. So they have a series called Academies and they've done one on Santos, basically looking at like the processes that go into a life as an, a Santos mm. Academy player. Um, and one of their coaches, one of their under 17s coaches, he said before they went out for a game, he said, "Courage grows." Uh, he said, San- uh, "Courage grows, and Santos is courage. Courage is to take the ball and keep hold of it." So that's coming back to that is if I were to sum up the sort of Santos philosophy in a in a couple of words, it would be individualism, and it would be it would be self self belief mm. and mm. and that ide- identity of like flair. And kind of having your own, having that that confidence in your own ability. Um, so just a little bit of context for Santos. It's a it's a very small compared to obviously Brazil is a huge footballing kind of movement and 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 structure um, with so many different clubs and huge cities. But I think what I like about Santos is it's it's a small working class port, and that makes football really popular. It's not dissimilar to Liverpool. Um, in, in that sense, not one of the biggest cities in its country, but it makes football very and the football club very, very important to its people and to its, you know, to its sort of reputation. Um, so, working through Santos was formed in 1912, um, and it's sort of just what I've kind of liked about it when I was looking at it is they've always they, they've not actually had that much success um, throughout throughout their sort of mm. um, history. They haven't won a league title since 2004. Wow. Um, yeah. And they've won, obviously, the Copa Libertadores with Neymar and, and Ganso most mm. recently in oh, 2011. Yeah. So More on Ganso them later. This week, yeah. um, but their most successful period in history and all their most successful periods have always been based around a couple of academy players in their team. So it first happened in 19... So between 1960 and 1965, they won five consecutive league titles. And this is obviously at a time when Brazilian football was, was big and was booming and the Brazil sides were, were 
the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And it was two players, Pele, obviously, and someone called Coutinho, who doesn't get spoken about Felipe. hardly at all. I'd hardly, <laughs> I'd, heard, I'd hardly heard of him. But his goal record was absolutely incredible. And people often say that he's sort of one of the greatest second strikers of all time. Um, he scored like something silly, like 400 goals in 600 games, something something like that. Okay. Um, so you had these two players who were kind of like the, the cornerstones of that team, five consecutive league titles, and then didn't win a title for 30, 40 years. Um, you know, lots of other teams had far more success. Um, the bigger cities, your Sao Paulo's, your, you know, Flamengo, Corinthians, all these huge sort of Brazilian juggernauts. Then 2002, 2004... The club's in financial struggle, as it has been for a, a, a big portion of its history. Um, and the the president decides to take a different route. They've been trying to buy players. They've been trying to sort of compete with these bigger clubs. But 2002, they decide, basically, to stop investing and in signing players and promote, basically, their entire under... Tw- <laughs> promote <laughs> their entire under-20 squad up to the first team. Ooh. Just just like that. When was this, sorry? Oh shit. 2002. Okay. So what, wait, what happened to the first team? Just sold huh? just Well, no, no. Like, oh, 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 oh. Like, it, I'm not saying oh, like, just replaced yeah. everyone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but basically bring a whole, like prob- probably would have sold a few of their yeah, players, yeah, yeah, but bring yeah. basically. That's a statement right all, there. Yeah, exactly. That's and it's thought, just yeah. a complete change in direction. Hadn't won a title since 1965. Names in that team? Elano. Oh. Rubinho and Diego uh, Ribas of Wolfsburg of Atletico Madrid. Mm. Now, they went and won two league titles in, two, in three seasons. So 2002 um, and 2004, they won the league titles. Um, and then to move further into the more recent past, you then obviously had Ganso and Neymar who um, became sort of these these things that were bigger than Brazil almost yeah. um, in, in the 2010s, 2000, like 2010-11 era. They then went and won the Copa Libertadores for the second time in Santos's, in Santos's history. Um, and obviously we know what happened to Neymar since then. Um, and I think what these sort of three periods show is that Santos has always been defined by its academy products mm, 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 um, and that these players have always been some of the most sort of eccentric and individualistic players ever. Mm. And I think to go from when we've talked about kind of Ajax and yeah. it being a very, and I'm sure we'll talk about Barcelona as well, being very team-based and very kind of how can we play together and how does everything work as a part? I think what sets Santos apart is it actually focuses on individualism yeah. and focuses on you being a personal brand for yourself and what mm. you can do. Um, and, and we've seen that in the kind of, in the kind of teams that they produce. Um, so I wanted to talk, a, I, there's a quote about Ganso and Neymar particularly, which I, I just wanted to get in there because I do think it's it's amazing. <laughs> um, so let me just find it for you now. Uh, I do have a quick follow-up question about Ganso as well. So, so the former San- Santos president, uh, Luis Alvaro Ribeiro said, Neymar was like a champagne. He was a sparkling wine, bubbles everywhere. One that you open and throw a party. Ganso, on the other hand, was like a Bordeaux wine. He had a fantastic quality, but you drink it more discreetly. 
both of them are essential for a good dinner. Oh, God. There's something I about... That, I think that's one of my favourite football quotes that I have There's ever There's something about South American players that have these mad quotes. Yeah. I remember the Raquel May one I told you. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Like, um, not, to be a, not to be a Debbie Downer in my, my question about Ganzo, but um, <laughs> obviously he spent three years in Europe uh, with Sevilla. Didn't really work out as well as it, it should have. I actually don't know enough about him so could anyone inform I me? do luckily <laughs> I've done uh, a bit I of to know, like maybe where did it go wrong or what was so going on so these football that? times which are a football magazine um, if, if you haven't read them before um, if you like the sort of stuff that, that we talk about and <laughs> just kind of football culture generally like I, I strongly suggest reading these football times um, but I read an article basically what happened to Ganso, the Bordeaux wine of Brazilian football mm. um, yeah fantastic mm. article Beautiful. and basically it kind of sums up, I think, in quite a similar way to what is happening to Neymar now as well. Obviously, though, Neymar is far, far, far more successful. But the Santos style of player has always been a throwback to the old school. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. And you saw that with Diego and with Rubinho in those kind of players that as their careers went on, they kind of fell out of favour. Um, and then with Neymar, and Ganso is probably the, the epitome of that, is he was... A, the most old school ten you could imagine. Lovely. The the big like as little movement as possible, <laughs> with like outrageous technical brilliance and quality. Yeah. Ridiculous first touch, ball striking, eye for a pass, tr- tried things that you just wouldn't even think of trying. But I think what it was is first of all he was hit by injuries. Mm-hmm. This this became his his knees basically meant that a player that already didn't run very much became less and less capable of running. Mm. And in Brazil, you can get away with that because if you've got a lot of moving parts around you, you can sit and you can do those things in the middle of the park. Um, he did have quite a lot. He was one of Brazil's best players in the Copa America in 20, 2011, um, which they didn't win, but he, he was a big player for Brazil for a short period. Mm-hmm. And then he got this move after six years of, of being at Santos aged about 23 or 24 to Sevilla and and basically it was a combination of injuries the game moving past the need for a a normal a a, a traditional number 10 and also La Liga being a step up from the Brazilian Serie A in terms of the intensity of the play even though it is a lot more possession based Hmm. it's still a lot about your movement off the ball and creating patterns and and Ganso's just never really fit that and he's still playing he's he's playing for Flamengo he's still playing Um, I think it's Flamengo out in Brazil but his knee he's he's shot I think one of the videos I watched it just said he's basically just covered less and less and less and less grass as he's gone and I just want to finish on a little quote so he said Billy Monday, the guy that wrote this article, said, so the next time you watch Ganso or a player of his likeness, remember that you're watching a dying breed. It's only a matter of time before they meet extinction. So enjoy them whilst it lasts. I, lo- I love football stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's true as well. Um, it's but I, th- I think Ganso, <laughs> and how you're seeing Neymar be villainised now as well. Because Neymar is treated horrendously for the amount of talent that he has and what he's given to football. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that does kind of sum up the players that Santos produce yeah. um, is these incredible players that play with so much kind of what Flair the essence of football, yeah, 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 yeah. but maybe Don't aren't in the modern game. always hugely suited to 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 the modern game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what it is. Um, very, very. That being said, Ooh. Rodrigo, 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is their latest torchbearer. Yeah. And I think almost the epitome of a modern forward in terms of his work rate and his pressing mm-hmm. and the, you know, um, the intensity that he plays with, as well as the technical elegance and brilliance. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how his career goes because I will now be watching it from a... <laughs> from a Santos point of view. From, from, a, from a Santos point of view, yeah, well, because um, I, I do really like their academy and the way they go about it. I will bring up the name Marcus Leonardo again. Uh, I was, of course, we talked about that yeah. before. Mm. Did you want to go into that? Yeah, I, I don't want to go on too much, but um, to talk a little bit more about their actual academy and the methods, very much... One thing I noticed when I was watching this FIFA academies, they, they do actually... They place a lot of pressure on their teams. They, they, they talk about the the responsibility of the Santos badge and the responsibility of representing the city and the club and what has gone before you. Um, and the, the coaches are really brutal. Mm-hmm. So apparently in Brazil, there's not many specialist youth coaches. Anyone who's coaching at an academy is coaching to try and get a, a first team job. Oh, sure. So it makes it a very brutal environment in mm-hmm. terms of that the, these guys aren't there to coach the kids. They're there to make their team win and then go up go up from there kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's what breeds this kind of individualism is these players know that they need to be special to stand out Mm -hmm. and they need to do things to stand out Um, but yeah Marcus Leonardo um, he's he's been uh, their top scorer in the last few seasons Um, is is a very like a hard working forward Um, their their current Santos average age of their squad is 24.9 very very young Mm. Um, but yeah I think He's someone that could certainly... He, he's like a, a hybrid of Firmino and Yotta. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <it's laughs> You've spoken about it before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done my research. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, um, what am I trying to say? Typical Santos, yeah. in a way. Yeah. There's always that one player that, that they're always going to have that's, that could reach the next level. I do just want to say as well, another big thing that comes into it in terms of how they uh, develop their players from an early age is they play futsal Ooh. from the age of... Uh, I think it's under nines. Um, so one of their futsal coaches. So sorry, yeah, they play they play futsal. Sorry, up until under nines, and then continue playing it all the way through. Um, but their their coach said something about futsal that translates to Brazil quite heavily, and the players you get is because of the density of the cities, there and how crowded they are. There's not actually that much space Room for, for yeah, green yeah, yeah. green right, green yeah. grass and things like that. So futsal then becomes incredibly important because mm. it means you can play it anywhere and you can play on these tiny little courts and that's what creates kind of Neymar and Coutinho and Ronaldinho mm-hmm. and you know who have become sort of synonymous with foot, th- these futsal style players playing football. Um, so I think that's another way is that they so th- the futsal coaches work as assistants for the football coaches um, and they up, up until under so the under nines only train once a week on grass. Mm. And the rest they play futsal, and then as it goes up, they sort of slowly start to balance it out. But I think that's a really nice little thing. Yeah, as a um, futsal expert, Ben, I imagine you take an appreciation. Experts are large. You know, it was it was genuinely nice to watch the the documentary and see the level of respect that they give to futsal yeah. that I I don't think is given in Europe necessarily all the yeah, time. And not it, as much, you know, yeah. you ask any player from South America, and I'm sure they'll they'll echo that. So yeah, I think that seems like a, a good place to leave it for Santos. Um, right, just to finish then, um, we'll go around to do some honourable mentions of just some some other academies that we've sort of looked at and kind of have an appreciation for. Um, Jordan, do you want to start? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I looked a little bit at um, Dynamo Zagreb. Um, I think they're quite a cool team in general. Uh, obviously, knocked us out of a European competition not too long ago. Uh, while their uh, manager was in prison, but that doesn't matter. Um, I, I think the kind of crop of Croatian talent that we've seen dominates the wrong word, but be there in, in European competitions and, and finals and stuff like that. Um, you had Modric come through there, uh, Kovacic from Chelsea at the moment, uh, Mandzukic, then you go back to you've got like your core Lukas and your Kranchars and stuff. I think this current crop or, or crop within the last, I'd say, 15, 15 years maybe, <coughs> all come from a, a similar time at um, the Dynamo Academy, which I think is quite cool. I didn't realise how that quite quite that crop yeah, of players. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realise. Man, I knew I knew uh, Modric was. Yeah. But I didn't know like Manzukic yeah. and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Tom. Just quickly, I wanted to talk about Newcastle and how they could really start developing their academy in ways they really struggled to before, Money just talks. because of the financial. Yeah. yeah. Money talks, baby. It's always been so bad because I mean they had Paul Gascoigne and that was kind of like their homeboy, like homegrown kid if you know yeah so to say um after that it never really took off with with the youth development even to this day since then i mean like you got i, I just looked at the most recent young player of the years is in the academy the most notable really most successful is andy carroll mm, and that was what 2010 wow everything after that you look at like it's quite damning that isn't it the they make good the, they make the, good championship players yeah That's the, the issue, long so. staff brothers i mean you got the long staff so uh, they can <laughs> progress championship yeah. but like you got like rolando aarons was like the most oh, recent one goodness. freddie woodman decent goalkeeper oh. championship level and yeah it's just mm. an issue of building actually good mm. level talent for yeah. their squad. Um, you know, it's just, it, it goes back as far as Alan Shearer turning him away as a teenager because he's too small and they didn't decide to dim on him and then having to re-sign him on a massive amount at that time and then him becoming their most, you know, successful mm -hmm. player technically. Um, even Ivan Tony more recently, they yeah, let go yeah, and yeah. sold. Yeah. I mean, on a, on a short scale, Adam Armstrong, who did really well for himself yeah. after he left, but not as well in the Premier League. So maybe they were right, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it could be really telling now that the new owners have come in and really put an emphasis on the academy, growing it financially. Mm. And in the next 10, 15 years, we could slowly be seeing, you know, more, more Geordie players. Well, I think that's, I think, I think that, I, I think we should put a stall out and say that's a, a responsibility of the owners. Yeah. I think that's something that Man City can be credited for a lot. Mm. Sheikh yeah. Mansour, I, I know he that, has yeah. a lot of, um, a lot of love from City fans for the, for the investment that he's put into their academy, which is now really probably, academy, probably yeah. the best in terms of facilities in the world. Yeah. Mm. And we could probably spend an entire episode talking about, the uh, about them alone yeah. and what they're <laughs> yeah. doing. Cause that is, I've seen their academy like just from an outside mm. in person and it is fucking spectacular. Well, uh, in typical, not in a bad way, in typical Newcastle fan fashion, um, you know, they blame Mike Ashley. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's a, uh, everything uh, yeah. at that club is this. In a way, I, I, I thought for some time it is a bit of a go-to for them. Uh, but with the academy, it's quite clear that they let that down massively, yeah. Yeah. just as much as he let down everything else. But yeah. Um, yeah. these new owners are really looking to improve that as they should. Well, let's so hope they do. As they keep an should. eye keep in a good way and a bad, considering we all support top six teams. I'm a bit worried yeah. for the next 10 yeah. years, but yeah. there we are. God, that's sad, isn't it? We all support top six teams. Yeah. Bristol City. <laughs> Up the ding, eh? Up um, the bloody ding. Liam, quick word on Barcelona, mate? Yeah, quick word on you looked into them as well. Uh, I think you might not know about Barcelona. A lot yeah. of people know, obviously, <laughs> know the hype of Cruyff and whatnot. Um, I think it's just, the one, just a couple of interesting points, really. When Cruyff came in, he got rid of a height restriction on players. Because previously, the Mazzi had a height, uh, I think it was anything below 1.8 metres or something like that, they'd get rid of them. Fucking hell. That's um, mad, that. Yeah. They'd just Fucking reject. Hell. Yeah. 
just like, like, like they wanted physical players. I don't even know. Anyone. And then the, the best player they've ever had in their history turns out to be five. Six. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, good height. Obviously, <laughs> in 2010, height. three Lamazio players in Messi, Xavi, and in the Esther were the Ballon d'Or finalists. I want to say first time ever for Academy to get that. I Probably. think so. Probably. Must it would have been. And in 20. Twenty twelve, Tito Villanova. Oh, uh, against yeah. who was it against? I can't uh, it was Levante in a four 0 win. Dani Alves got subbed in the first half and it meant that for the first time in Barcelona history they had eleven Academy graduates on that the is, field. That is incredible. Ooh, that's beautiful. That's that like is incredible. Yeah, that's that like is crazy. That. I mean they are the most famous academy in the world and like yeah. for yeah. good for good reason. It's absurd, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that's like, they just continue on Reading they are probably the most consistent in terms of just churning out there's yeah. a little drop off just incredible past few years yeah um, yeah but now they've got a new crop spend a bit of cash on like big uh, foreign players um, but now obviously Xavi's come back uh, is it the Porters come back is he the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so now there's a bit more and what is it now you've got Fatty you've got Gavi you've got Alejandro Balde uh, Rojo yeah um, um, yeah Harry Schell, but was and they brought yeah, on a yeah, yeah. they brought on a 15 year old 15 year old um, at the yeah. weekend which what is not I can't remember but he looked he looked good he looked good 15 I can't remember his name though yeah madness and he's been spotted yeah. wearing a Tottenham tracksuit by the way <laughs> <laughs> against his will or holding today's newspaper um I just want to end a little bit, just as the last academy. We spoke earlier about uh, Sheldrup, yes. um, the Norwegian winger. Um, FC Nordischland, currently, I want to say, top and probably the best side in Denmark currently. Beat, uh, beat Copenhagen 3-2 yesterday. Um, and the winner was scored by a guy called uh, Ernest, Ernest Noama. And this brings me on to, I think, the most interesting thing about FC Nordischland which is that they were bought in 2016 by a, a, a Ghanaian academy called Right to Dream. Yes. Um, oh, wow. And right dream. it was an ex-Man United coach, funnily enough, a guy called Tom Vernon um, that, that, owns the com- that owns the company. Mm. And basically Right to Dream is uh, a pathway for Ghanaian, but also wider African players um, to come to Europe and to to succeed, basically. And what I quite like is uh, Vernon said this about the Right to Dream system. He said, the way we, de- we have developed players as at Right to Dream, we think is a globally relevant model. Uh, in many ways, we think the European Academy system has lost its moral compass. The way kids are, are picked up very young and kicked out after a couple of years, are we really investing in their education? Um, and one thing he does and they make a habit of is that all the Danish players in their academy go and visit the Right to Dream Academy in Ghana, oh, and all sure. the Ghanaian players come and visit the the, the Nordischland Academy. Yeah, quite a few. So right. they they switch yeah, between. Yeah, yeah. So Sulemana, Mohamed Kudus, doing Kudus, both yeah. doing really really well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Sheldrup. This is just sort of to show the consistency of of quality that they're producing. So from sixteen seventeen, Emre Moore went to Dortmund for nine point seven five million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanislav Lobotka went to Celta Vigo for five million. Matthias Jensen went to Celta Vigo for five million. Mohamed Kudus and Mikhail Damsgaard went Ooh, for Damsgaard. nine and six point seven five million. Uh, Sulemane went to Rennes for seventeen million. And then last summer, Sheldrup and uh, Simon Adingra, who is now at Brighton actually, um, went for eight. Yeah, went for eight million. So they're consistently providing players. For some of the best hmm. sides in Europe. Where's yeah. that Lobotka now? Is on the Neapolitan exactly. Express? Exactly, right? yeah, exactly, right. um, And has just won a, a league title with Napoli. So go on, Napoli. 
Um, Go on, Natalie. Yeah, a really interesting system and maybe a little bit different to, to the traditional ways of doing an academy. Mm. Um, but I think the point that we make about bringing in these players from from under underdeveloped footballing yes. countries, yes. Um, I think is really cool. And they've got a really good crop of, of, of African players now in Nwama, Nagalo, and Mohamed Diamande, who are all in their starting 11. It's so important. Which has an average age so of 21.7. It's just great. Crazy, so so nice. Um, so yeah, I think that's like pretty much the modern academy. Mm, yes. A nice place to finish. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, Jordan, got a quick game for us. Yeah, we just to end it, wrap things up. I'm gonna switch it up. You're probably waiting for your weekly Who Am I? Uh, sorry to disappoint, guys. But <laughs> went for a little, <laughs> went for a little, little double around the table today. Yes. Um, uh, not Premier League, um, but is still sticking to the fact that football is only really founded in 2006. We've gone, we've gone 10 years back. Um, so on... <laughs> Anything outside of England, we're going to fail yeah. struggle No, no, you're going to be good. Trust me, you're going to be fine. <laughs> you're going to get some. You're You'll be fine. Oh, no. So tomorrow, we are going to see a Milan derby in the Champions oh, no. League. Since 1995, ah. there have been 27 players play to play for Milan and Inter. Since when? 2005? 95. 95. There's 27 on this list. <laughs> little round the table. Um, with a little bit of time <sighs> to think about it. There's not uh, no three seconds until... <laughs> yes. Oh, that's <laughs> good. That's good. So, oh, good. I'm going to start with... Tommy to my left. One of my favourite players of all time. Number 45, Mario Balotelli. Mario Balotelli <laughs> is correct. Seydorf. Seydorf is correct. Chalhanoglu. Kalanoglu is correct. Yeah. Try Pirlo. Pirlo I'm is enjoying this correct. <laughs> Bugger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> swear, Liam. What's he held the That was in my head. Oh, this is good. Uh, There's some big, big names on this. I know. Some big names on this. I dislike you a little bit. Uh, That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um... I don't know. Ten seconds? Yeah, I don't know. Move on. You out? Got, yeah. S- skipping oh, goodness. Out. No, Ooh. don't give me more time. <laughs> <laughs> my head's gone. Um, I had Perlo in my head. I was hoping he didn't know. Well, obviously he did. Well, clearly. There's some big, big I know. Uh, that's what I've, I've choked. <laughs> oh, uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, correct. Oh, Hernan Crespo. Crespo, oh, correct. Yeah. Um, dear. It got to me. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Why have you done this? I just thought it'd be cool, you know? No, it is good, this. Thanks, <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> just, just, just. <laughs> I can't. Oh, is that an Ibrahimovic? Yeah, oh. there we go. Most recent. Oh, no. Oh. I seem to be on the spot here. <laughs> that was my next one. Now what? That's the question. Do we start giving out clues? No. Don't pity me, Jordan. I find it offensive. Pity me. Pity <laughs> me. I went out before Crespo and Ronaldo. Oh, oh, God. Mm. I know, I know. <laughs> Mad Weird noises. Is going over here. I'm just really disgruntled by this game already. Um, oh. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo. Where do we go from here? Don't remember you playing for Milan, mate. Something like that. I think I'm wrong. I'm going to say it anyway. Go on then. Alessandro Nesta. I think he was at Lazio. I don't think he played yeah. for Renault. I, I, he definitely did. Check again. He definitely <laughs> didn't. It was Joko Milan. Yeah, Milan Nesta. Oh. It would have been Milan Nesta and Montreal. Oh God! 
Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> ben to steal it. Some big, big names we've missed here, boys. I know. Huge names. There's it doesn't a, help you. It's gonna be it, ridiculous, yeah, but there's one there's only one that that just has sprung to my mind and that's Jonathan Biaviani. But he I didn't don't play think for he AC. He didn't play for AC. Everyone back in, realistically. I'll check that. Oh. Bibiani didn't play for AC. Oh, how can I? I don't know why. I need to I go into my mind palace for this one. Mind palace. If everyone's back in, there could be. I can throw some dates out at least. Okay, yeah. yeah let's just let's yeah. let's play around. With that. So we will start with. Let me go back on it. Sorry. Starting from, I'll go on the ones you haven't said ranked. So you have a. This is poor, isn't it? It's not great. Yeah. So, Inter from 1999 to 2005, and Milan from 05 to 06. Striker. Milan from 95 to 97, Inter to 98, 2000. Striker, attacking midfielder. It's your go. Oh, I know. Shevchenko? I don't think Shevchenko... I'm just wrong, aren't I? Shevchenko didn't play for Inter. I'm not now. Oh, I think I've got two. Inter from 08 to 12. Milan from 12 to 15. Midfielder. Oh, was it 08? So he's at, who was he? 08, 12. It's Inter. Inter. 12 to 15. Milan. Midfielder. Won the FA Cup. Won the FA Cup? Yeah. It's <laughs> nice of him. What? Milan from 95, <laughs> 96. Inter from 06 to 2010. I don't, no, I don't know. My head's getting scrambled by dates. <laughs> yeah, you, this is too much. <laughs> you need to slow down, mate. <laughs> Who is that with Phil? You're really upset me. Sorry, um, sorry. Inter Milan. I think I've got two. Um, why don't we go with Diamante? Who? Alessandro Diamante. That's a great shout. Diamante, Diamante. I mean, I don't like this like I've it. got three, I've got three. What I don't f- think he's there. Let me no, I'm not in sure if he... Alessandro. I'd, he played for... La- La- he Di- played in Italy. I, I know Diamante. that. I was, I was just <laughs> is that the one that went to America? Yeah. Oh no, the one that played for Watford. Is that you talking about? Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't play for. No, let's okay, leave okay, it. Okay, let's, let's leave that. One. I think you're out again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Benji with. Steal it. I'm gonna go with uh, Cassano. Yes, Cassano. Uh, go on, name all your three. Go on. Shall I? Can, yeah, can yeah, I? Go, go on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rui Costa. Yes. Oh shit. And George Weah. Oh. George Weah did. Yes. <laughs> I think so. So stupid. That yeah. Was, yeah. He definitely, he definitely played for AC. He All definitely right. played for AC. I'm trying to think because why is he, it's weird that Rui Costa has not come up here. Did Rui Costa play for Inter? Well, he wins anyway, so I don't really he wins anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's just check that and then we can finish. Check the Mantis, not. <laughs> Rui Costa. Rui Costa. No, you know what? I don't think he did. Rui Costa didn't play for Inter. No, it's just because of that photo with Matarazzi. Cassano definitely yeah. did. Um, um, do you want to run, run us through? Um, some interesting names on there. So you've got Bonucci, played for yeah. Inter and then came back to wow, Milan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, why did I not even... Oh. You've got... You've got... You've got... You've got... Uh, Edgar Davids. Yeah. You've got... Uh, Cassano, which you said. You've got Taribo West. Oh, yeah. More famous for um, his time at Inter. You've got Gulli. You've got Pazzini. You've got Favalli. Uh, Kalanoglu, that we've said. You could be making these up, mate. Patrick right. Vieira. No one oh, said that one. Oh. Never knew he played for a. Sully Montari, the FA Cup winner. Inter, he joined quite late in his career, I think. Yeah, 06 to 10, yeah. And probably the biggest name we didn't say was Roberto Baggio, finishing off with Christian. He's just notoriously. Fiorentina played for yeah 
Yeah, every. <laughs> well, I'm certainly looking forward to that game tomorrow night. That's going to be. Yes, gonna it be, will be. Uh, Italian football will be interesting. Back, baby. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed that. Yes. I think we all certainly did. That was a I learned, pleasure, that. I, I learned a lot about, we did, yeah, about yeah, Academy yeah. football. And, fun, um, yeah, so Arsenal, Ajax, Benfica, and Santos with a few select others. Yes. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show and we will be back with plenty more content on Instagram, on Twitter and of course on Spotify in the coming weeks. Lovely. See you guys next time. Thank, Thank you very listening. much.